Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and this week I'm joined by my co-host Ben Price and we're previewing tomorrow's clash against Sheffield Wednesday. It's Friday night kickoff before a big week ahead for the Bluebirds and away trip on Tuesday to Millwall. Blue was hoping to get their away form kick-started this season before Sunday's big derby away match. We'll be previewing that next week, but we talk a little bit about this week and talk Sheffield Wednesday, Kadeem Harris and much more. Enjoy. Well, as always, I'm joined by the lovely Ben Price. How are you, Ben? Not bad, mate. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. You were just telling me about your uh, dynamic midfield performance in uh, seven aside, saying if Neil needs you, call you up. I'm just saying, if look, if they're looking for a midfield free agent, want a box to box midfielder that can play six, seven minutes of very high intensity before absolutely blowing, then Neil needs to give me a call. Practically like Joe Ledley with that beard, free agent. Yeah, lovely. He might be in a little bit of better shape even without a club for two years, but still. <laughs> Ben, you're coming off the international break, you know, Wales, two games in the qualifiers, uh, away to Slovakia, a 1-1 draw, at home to Croatia, a 1-1 draw. How do you reflect on those? Um, it's, a, it's a strange one. It's On paper, you sort of think they're not bad results. They're pretty good points home and away. But given the situation we're in with qualifying, we really needed one win. Um, the difficult that I think it was disappointing that when uh, Croatia went down to 10 that we couldn't capitalise but we pretty much went straight down to 10 men near enough what two minutes after the red card purely from Bale um, doing his doing his calf there's nothing we could have done as soon as it was there it was just I think both teams were happy to see out the point yeah and like you say the Slovakia game first of all away from home it's always going to be difficult isn't it so you know, you look at it like that, and you know it is a good point. But with qualifying, we needed a win, and out of the two beforehand, that's the one you were really looking at as the winnable game, weren't you? Um, for me, no, I sort of saw Croatia as more winnable. Um, they've, I know they've started to pick up form, but I felt that at home is where we're really strong. Um, I was pretty happy with the point out in Slovakia. Um, it was just a comfort. It was. With a team that no one was really sure was going to happen, there's just a point of Ramsey missing out again. Um, the emergence out of nowhere of Kiefer Moore. Um, it was, yeah, I was pretty happy with the point there. I was was expecting a point, like a point from there going into the home game, I was really happy with. So um, I felt the point is where it was at the away game, to be honest, not the three. Yeah, I guess from, from my point of view, anyway, you look at the the two sides and the players that Croatia have got and that, that was the much more difficult task in terms of you're kind of on paper the players um, and you know Slovakia are the team that are kind of in and around us in the qualifying so you want to be kind of taking more more points off them but you mentioned Kiefer Moore they're kind of you say he's he's kind of come from nowhere a bit hasn't he but really impressive in, in both games I think kind of Wales need that that focal point, I think, don't they? And um, a bit more mobile, it seems, than maybe someone like Sam Vokes. Um, but it means you know Giggs have played a few of the attacking midfielders in in that kind of forward role from Bale to Tom Lawrence, and none of them have particularly worked well, have they? So it's good to have someone come through. Yeah, he could hold the ball up. He could pick the pass out. He brought the wide men into the game. Uh, gave Johnny Williams a couple of nice chances to get through. Um, I was really happy with him. It sort of it was the one area that I was we've been sort of crying out for, 
and we all know Giggs isn't going to play Sam Vokes. He's sort of made that clear that Sam Vokes, while he's in the squad, is he's there for experience. He's not really in the plans as far as going forward. So um, to finally have a target man that we can actually pick the ball to, I was really happy with. It, I thought Bale was better than he has been for Wales over the last few games. Um, yeah, it was just a really... I thought Johnny Williams, to be honest, was absolutely superb as well. And uh, the way Kiefer Moore brought him into the game sort of created space for him to sort of pick out a pass and spread out wide. It was it it was part of the tactics I thought worked really well. Yeah, I, I agree with you that Bale, you know, looked better than he, he has. Kind of the, the earlier qualifying games, he, he looked a bit off it, didn't he? And, and not not the Bale that we knew, but there's signs of it here. He looked a bit fitter, looked a bit... Well, he's always been hungry, but that quality to match the hunger as well. Um, it was confidence for me more than yeah. anything. It seemed like he felt... He felt like a player again, whereas I don't think he was the first couple of uh, most recent games purely because he wasn't in and around the Madrid squad. He wasn't playing matches. Yeah. You can see he's trying to, to take people on a bit more and knock it past them and, and do them for pace where he, he wasn't doing that as much earlier on. Exactly, yeah. Just that confidence was there. Um, the belief in himself again and just the ability to know that he can actually run. He's probably got a bit of fit, a bit of extra match fitness to give him that bit of pace that he sort of missed, lost at from what he had a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm not quite sure still whether uh, where he is in his career now, and you know, let's say he's lost that pace a little bit. That we're quite getting the best out, or we know the best best position for him at the moment. I, I know he played kind of out wide, but he's lost that bit of pace. I'd quite like to see him, and I know Johnny Williams, like I said, was was very good. But I think Bale's best position is kind of behind that striker for Wales, at least. Um, it gets a bit lost out wide at the moment, I think. Where he's done well, uh, especially in the, I know we look back, it's quite a way, way ago, but the Republic of Ireland game, he had more of a sort of free run roll with Conor Roberts up and down the wing. Um, I thought that's sort of the way to see him go, just not really a set position, the free roll, so he can sort of just run into space and make things happen wherever he needs to. Which is, of course, what um, he did under Coleman, wasn't it? Kind of Yeah, that exactly. That's where two or whatever it was. Seemed, yeah, you get the best out of him from there. Um for me, that's sort of the way to go. But um, I don't think Giggs wants that. He wants the solid positions um, with a winger swapping over every now and again. But they sort of bail in that system as a winger. He's not playing a free role. And um, I think it handcuffs him a little bit. But I can see why, because he needs it for that bit of defensive solidity. solidity easy for me to say. <laughs> uh, for Rob, for someone like Roberts, who's still young and still in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And so two draws is a bit of a break till the next international round now. But kind of looking at the group, Wales are in, in fourth on eight points. Um, they do have a game in hand on Hungary, who are in second on 12 points. There was loads of stuff going around on Twitter about playoff places and EuroLeague playoff places. And there was so much. I, I don't know what's what. Um, but I think, I think Wales are looking okay for a playoff place is that right I, th- I think from the way i looked at it if we beat um win our next two games we face uh, south korea in the playoffs i think that's how it works from what i've looked at because it is that complicated we can end up against anyone right okay so the the top two qualify automatically now don't top they? two top two automatically um so it's best and then it's third place best place Best three placed third, no, best four third place teams go into a playoff then, uh, two-legged then, a playoff final. So a, play, a, play, a playoff semi two, over two legs and then a final somewhere. 
I think. And then then there's also the option of the um, Nations League playoffs as well, which is just another way of qualifying, which is stupidly complicated that I can't quite get my head around either. Gosh, it is a minefield. A it minefield. seems like it's harder to not qualify these days. Yeah, because they've increased the teams, haven't they, in the in the Euros? Yeah, and they wanted to give the smaller teams a chance, which I'm all for, to be honest. You saw what Wales brought to Euro 2016, you saw what Northern Ireland brought to Euro 2016, and of course Iceland as well. You see what they bring to these tournaments. The fans are passionate, the games are competitive, they were really exciting, and they were there to disrupt. There's a lot of belief in those teams that they're there to disrupt the big boys. Um, but was the I, magic about that that they those kind of nations had qualified against all odds? It was a massive occasion, kind of this where it makes it easier to qualify, loses that bit of magic a bit, and once you've done it once, we'll kind of lose lose that kind of feeling. Do you think? I don't know. Um, I think if you try telling that to a team that qualifies for this tournament for the first time in their history, yeah, of course, that it's lost a bit of magic. I don't think it will. Um, I still say the summer of twenty sixteen was the best summer of yeah, my absolutely. life it was honestly i get goosebumps thinking about it it was honestly i've never loved football more than that summer and for more people to get to experience that in a bigger tournament i i think it reduces back down for the year of 2024 okay but um yeah just for pe- more people to more for more period people experiencing that if it's done the right way because france was just incredible for us yeah absolutely and and going back to uh a tournament that's a little bit more straightforward and we and we know exactly who qualifies for the playoffs the championships obviously Cardiff back in action on Friday then after the international break I feel like it might have come at a good time the international break you know that 4-2 loss to West Brom kind of gives the Cardiff players a chance to regroup to get back on the training ground work on kind of tactics and stuff like that and, and the more time they can spend doing that to get back to the best the better I think yeah, and it's clear um, normally when you see during these international breaks, a lot of players you see on Instagram, they go away. They're not on the training field. They're having a bit of a rest. Um, it, it doesn't look like too many have gone away this time um, other than the boys that have been called up for international duty. I think Tomlin went to Dubai for a couple of days, but other than that, I haven't seen any players. I saw Patterson was in Paris for the weekend. Oh, Patterson with his, Paris, said, yeah. Oh, he looked silky, didn't he? I get nice. a little black roll neck on it. Proper milk tray man proper suave yeah, I... and then you then you realize he's scottish and it sort of takes away the charm doesn't it <laughs> under the eiffel tower with a uh, a bottle of uh what was it is the, Buck yeah, fast. Oh, a mad dog and dog 2020 yeah that's it it's just down in it shouting come on i'll take you all up <laughs> shouting freedom <laughs> getting run over by a bus and shouting fuck's sake ali <laughs> but as i mentioned that that 40 loss to west brom and kind of the last three games are real it couldn't be more mixed, you know. A two to draw away to Hull, which was, you know, a decent result. Um, although it felt like we could have could have got three points on the day. A really convincing, although you know, QPR dominated, but Cardiff were convincing a three 0 win against QPR at home, and then a four two loss away to West Brom, who were a good side, but Cardiff really weren't at their best. And you know, what do you make of that that kind of run of form, a mixed bag? And we just want to see that consistency now, don't we? It sums up our season so far, doesn't it? Really inconsistent. Um, you just don't know what you're getting, especially away from home. I'm kind of happy this is at home. It gives us a chance to sort of build on our great home form. Um, away from home is another issue that I think Warnock needs to address, and I think Millwall's not a bad place to address it, to be honest. 
um, when we come to that on the Tuesday night. But um, for this, I think it's a team that we should be, we need to look like we're going to beat to be in around the playoffs. They're in the similar sort of position as QPR, who we sort of dealt with quite comfortably. Um, it's a nice, it's a, it's a nice fixture to come back to, to be honest. Um, and I think they're going to be thinking the same. It's going to be a competitive game, and one I'm really excited for. Yeah, and you mentioned that home form, kind of five games at home, four wins, one draw. Uh, that draw against Fulham. Um, you know, Nin- I was going to say Ninian Park, the Car City Stadium. It's becoming a bit of a fortress, which is, you know, obviously a is really important. Any promotion promoted side has to have really good home form but it's pleasing to see isn't it after a you know it being in the Premier League you, you suffer a few losses but the fans were always on side were always behind the team and it's nice to see that rewarded a bit with some some good home form yeah it's massive I think you look at the stats since Neil Warnock's come in the home form has been incredible it wasn't horrific in the Premier League either to be honest um considering how we did the time before I'm really I, I I've enjoyed going to the Carter City Stadium over the last few years, more than probably I did since the Dave Jones times, to be honest. Um, the performances aren't always great, but there's a nice buzz about it. There's, I know we got, you look back to what it was like with the rebrand went on, the split, the anger. Um, it seems to be going, it seems that you're getting that old sort of feel. It gets a bit nasty at times, which I really enjoy. Um, the Canton are really on form this season. I think the guys with the drum really make a difference to getting the atmosphere going when it needs it. But, um, yeah, it's just a nice experience to play, and I think the players enjoy it as well. Oh, so you mentioned the kind of Warnock's good record uh, since I, t- I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago. I just found it. 46 games he, he's managed at home in three championship seasons, 30 wins, nine draws, seven losses. That's 99 points in home games as Cardiff manager in 46 games. That's a, In the championship, this is, sorry. That is pretty unbelievable, isn't it? Well, you put that into a promote. You put that into a championship season. That's that's a championship winning form, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's does show that we sort of let ourselves down away from home, but at home, I think there's no doubt at the moment that no one, no, there's no team in even. I don't think there's many teams in the Premier League that even like come into the Cardiff City Stadium the way we play, and the way the fans get on you. It's quite close to the pitch. It's a nice intimidating atmosphere. Yeah, I don't think there's many teams that like coming to play us. Yeah, and you know Neil Warnock mentioned in his press conference today that this is probably the toughest week of the season. It's quite a uh, intense next ten days or so with uh, obviously Sheffield Wednesday at home on Friday, Millwall away on I think it's Tuesday, isn't it? And then yeah. Swansea away on Sunday. Heck of a week, isn't it? I'm dreading it. I just not so much Friday and Tuesday, but after Tuesday. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm just going to be nervous and just anxious. I'm basically going to have a panic attack <laughs> until 12 o'clock Sunday. It's um, I love the derby, but I hate them at the same time. It's yeah. um, a weird feeling. So, but coming I'm into trying to season, put it out of my mind until then. Coming into the season, you know, over the summer, watching what was going on at Swansea, and you know, they've point lost some some good players. Their obviously manager and Graham Potter went to Brighton. Steve Cooper's come in, he looks like a maths teacher or something. And... He looks like the lad from Twin Town. Yeah, yeah, he does. You know, untested at, at, well, club level really, isn't he? I was looking thinking, you know, this is going to be easy. They're going to struggle this year. 
they're not going to want to come up against Neil Warnock's side in a derby. We're going to, you know, be all right here. And now, you know, they've started, you know, fair play to them. They've started very well, haven't they, this season um, against all odds. And, and now there's that nerves of creeping in. Yeah, I was so smug at the start of the season. Um, my brother's actually a Swansea fan. What? Yeah, it's really complicated. It's a strange family, sort of mid-Wales. Half of them are Swansea, half of them are Cardiff, and the rest of them are Manchester United or Liverpool. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's always a sort of testy time when my brother is a Jack and I'm a City boy. So I've been there just taking... Start the season really smug. Are you going down? Look forward to playing League One, back where you belong. And then you see the start they've had, and you sort of they're like bastards. I have no idea how they've done it, but you've got to give them credit. I'm not giving the board any credit because they're trying to dismantle the club as much as they can. But you give the squad and the manager credit because they've done a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, and you know these these two games, you say you're not worried about them as such, but they are the practice run out. They they're setting the tempo and the mood for for that derby game two convincing wins and, and you know we're going into that dive game high on confidence you know ready re- rearing to go two losses or two bad performances and that's when the nerves start to creep in even more don't they and, and you know Swansea will, 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 will want to capitalise on that yeah but I I think you look at the players we've got the players they've got when it oh, I don't want to tempt fate by saying this do I say it sorry I'm saying it We've got players that I think will handle the pressure better than they would. There's, I don't look at that squad and think there's some tough bastards in the Swansea squad. There's some skillful, skillful players and some really good footballers. But who would you rather have on your side in the fight, the Cardiff squad or the Swansea squad? Yeah, the Cardiff, 100%. And I think that's sort of where it comes to. I think we can bully them and sort of... We've got, I think, just ultimate shithouse it, to be honest. I don't care how we win if we win. Well, I'd care if we win, but I don't care how we do it against the Jacks. Um, I'd love for us to have like 10% possession, one shot on target, but we win 1-0. That yeah. would be ideal because it would send him into meltdown. It would, wouldn't it? But you also look at the fixtures before. I don't think there's... Like Sheffield Wednesday have got a decent support. They're going to be they're going to give Warnock some grief. They're going to give the players some grief. Um, you go on from there and then you're away to Millwall. If you're going into a derby game, which is one of the most hostile in the country, there's not many places to get a bit of a warm-up going on the Millwall away. The Den is still a feisty place. Um, that should get the players ready for what they're going to experience on Saturday because it is going to be hostile to them. It is going to be hostile. Absolutely. Um, so I don't think it's a bad preparation, that Millwall away. And Sheffield Wednesday, obviously the game tomorrow night that's on on uh, on Sky, isn't it? And the big story, I suppose, is the return of Kadeem Harris. And uh, you know, where else to to start other than that? Neil Warlock in his press conference day was was very positive about him. Was you know couldn't speak highly of him. It said that you know they held discussions about him talking, but Harris and I think his his dad is his agent. The wages they wanted were were too high for someone Warnock couldn't guarantee minutes to. So you know, wished him luck, and and obviously he's gone to Sheffield Wednesday, done okay. You know, eleven games, two goals, one assists. Uh, do you miss him? I do, but not to the point where I think we should have kept him. I think he's a fantastic player um, that really needed to run a games. 
but it was the right it was the right time for him to move on for us and for him because he was just going to be he was going to be in a similar position um sat on the bench not getting a run of games this way he's gone to Sheffield Wednesday and set the world on fire and done really really well and I'm really happy to see that um we couldn't afford to give him more money and he is at a stage where he needs to start getting that big contract and get the playtime. So it was the perfect move for both parties. Um, hopefully he just has a shocker against us on Friday. Yeah. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because he was a long serving player, wasn't he? Did he join the same summer as Rawls or after Rawls? It was a bit after, he, was it? But He joined in the January, didn't he? He January, came from yeah. Wickham. He sort of came through at 16 years old from Wickham. Yeah. So he was here five, six years, wasn't he? You know, Cardiff has never saw the full package did they you know they saw glimpses of what he could do and you know even in the Premier League last year scored uh, it was against Fulham he scored his goal wasn't yeah. it and there's some games where you know he was he was good and showed promise because he's direct isn't he that's what's good about Kadeem Harris is he's you know, a player that's going to get you off your seats he goes and yeah. plays he runs at people um defensively he was getting better but still wasn't quite there and I think that's part of the reason Warnock wasn't playing in week in week out um very Josh know- Murphy reminiscent for me um, I think he's a bit more direct than Josh Murphy because Murphy seems to, if he misses, if, as soon as a player makes a tackle on the take on, he so, seems to stop it. Yeah. Whereas Cads is just at you, at you, at you, down the line, down the line. He likes the chalk in his boots. And um, that's the sort of winger I enjoy watching, to be honest. He's quick, he's skillful, low centre of gravity, really hard to knock off the ball. Um, he was just a great talent that never really got a run. You, um, probably his best run was Warnock's first season, the second half. Yeah. Of that season, he got a few goals, got a nice run of games, then was given the number 11 shirt uh, promotion season and um, had a really nasty ankle injury that kept him out for near enough for the whole season. And sort of that was sort of the beginning of the end for him, wasn't it, really? He never really... He came back in a bit towards the end of the season, but Mendes was on form, Hoyle was on form. He wasn't really getting ahead of those. Yeah, I think he he was unfortunate in a way that we got promoted because... If we'd stayed in the championship, we wouldn't have gone out and bought Josh Murphy. Um, and I think Harris, if if he'd been fit, which you know, he was, his fitness was okay in the Premier League season, wasn't it? I think he would have featured a, a lot more and and would have been maybe the third choice winger, but you know behind Hoyler and and uh, Mendes Lang getting a lot of minutes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, agree, hundred percent. He would have kept that number eleven shirt and sort of been there for when Mendes has this inevitable dip in form or when Hoylett sort of isn't quite on form he he would have been the one to rotate in and out in sort of the position that Mendes lands in now really um with Murphy and White the preferred options it's um yeah it was it, but it was just the right time isn't it it's sort of you look at some players and you think well oh, they should have signed a new contract when we should have kept him on but I don't see it with Cads. I think he's a great player, but it was just the right time. You look at White is filling that role that Cads has got probably better. He does a better job in our system than what Kadeem Harris does. Yeah. But I think but I think Kadeem Harris is the better player. So we usually obviously do our questions at, at the end of the show, but we, one question this week was all we had from uh, our fellow View from the Ninian contributor, Scott Johnson, uh, at Rothboy on Twitter, who asks... Very simply, Kadeem Harris versus... To start on on Friday, who would you be picking? Um, 
on, on ability as Kadeem Harris, I think. He's got an end product. Whereas White's doing the defensive duty more than going forward. He's It's getting there. But for me, Cads is the better player. But we, we know, don't we, from watching Neil Warnock for a few years and, and what Neil Warnock players are like, ability isn't always the most important factor. And, and I think that's what we're Gavin White, for me, gets the edge over Harris in that I agree Harris is probably the most technically better player. You know, like you said, he gets you off your feet and excites you. Um, but in terms of the team and, and being that important cog in the machine, I think Gavin White is is a much better fit for Cardiff in that, you know, he's still got a bit of that going forward. He's, you know, clearly a talented player and I think he'll only get better. But that defensive work that, you know, Neil Watt commented on it a, a lot about how good Peltier has been because he's got Gavin White in front of him. Um, so I, for me, it's, it's definitely Gavin White. I think for me, the deciding factor is if you're looking for a player to change a game and win you, take three points for you. Uh, Kadeem Harris is more likely to do that, whereas Gavin White is more likely to salvage a draw for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I, I get your point. Um, but that's sort of why. Let's remember but, Neil Warnock is our manager. Yeah, that is true. Um, but for me, Cads, to be honest, and this might be. This might get me a bit of abuse on Twitter, but um, I'd have kept Kadeem Harris over Mendes the way he's played this season. Um, I think Cads is stupidly exciting when he gets the ball, runs at players, and is more consistent than Mendes when he gets a good when he's played. Yeah, and I've seen a couple of people argue on on Twitter as well about. Kadeem Harris is, is more consistent, or they'd rather Harris over Josh Murphy for the consistency. I think Murphy is a better player. Oh, 100%. But I get I get the point in terms, you know, Murphy is frustrated and inconsistent, and I agree with, you know, the assessment of Mendes as well, um, who's been a strange one, actually, hasn't he? I know he struggled a bit with injury, but we're kind of used to him starting a season well, dipping in the middle, ending the season well. You know, that That's his... his He's done it for two, two seasons, yeah. And he hasn't started the season well, which really worries me as to what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to be critical because he's been exceptionally good and far exceeded expectations in, in a Cardiff shirt considering we signed him on a free transfer from Rochdale, wasn't it? And, you know, I never heard of him when we signed him, to be, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so it's hard to be critical, but you kind of wonder whether... He's reached his ceiling a bit. Possibly, or is it just a case of he's had a, sort of the Patterson effect of he's had two solid seasons, he's having a bit of a dip purely because he's just not quite fit yet. He's a couple of injury problems. Um, I still think he's got a part to play in the squad. It's, this isn't me writing Mendes off. Um, I still think he'll still get a couple, decent couple of amount of goals um, if he gets a run in the team. But right at this point in time, I can see why he's not getting the... He's, um, fourth choice winger at the moment I can see why and Warlock today was talking about kind of some of the players that that might be available or, or not Joe Rawls close to return we've missed in the last couple of games haven't we we knew already when he was playing how important he is but the ones that he's missed has really reinforced that yeah um West Brom especially um I don't see another player doing the job he does um, I think our midfield, when it's Pack, Rawls, and Bakun at the moment, is really nicely balanced. Um, I think that sort of 
where it needs to be. I think Patterson and Tomlin aren't working for us at the moment. Tomlin's decent if you want to try it, if you lose and you want to try and create something. But right now, that midfield three needs to be uh, Rawls, Pack, and Bakuna. I don't see any other midfield three that sort of complements the players and brings the wide players in better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And what what's frustrating is uh, the um, the international agreement, isn't it, between kind of the home nations that live in, in a home nation country that you don't qualify for the national team because Rawls by now would have qualified for Wales, wouldn't he? I, I, I think, surely, is it five years? Five years if you're going off the rugby sort of cycle of that's how long you've got to be in the yeah. um, living in the country. But he'd definitely yeah. be starting for Wales, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, especially considering the sort of midfield crash we've had recently with Ramsey missing a year of action for Wales. Yeah, um, I think he'd probably be in the squad. Yeah, yeah, we can dream. Hopefully, one day. <laughs> And the other players that, that Warnock has, has spoken about, he, he spoke about Etheridge and Junior Hoyler who um, aren't back or, or weren't back as of this morning from international duty, I believe, or were on their way back. Um, so I doubt they'll they'll feature, definitely definitely won't start, and Smithies will keep his, his shirt. Bamba, he said, is, is close and he's dying to come back, as I'm sure we can imagine Sol Bamba would be. When do you think he comes back into the side? Do you think there's a need to to rush him back? Um, I don't think there's a need to rush him back, but the game I think he'll come back for a Swansea away. I think it's oh, that's sort a of, big shout. It's, I don't think he comes into the starting 11, but I think that's the game he'll make the bench um, just to give the players a lift. I can't think of a better player in our squad to have in that dressing room for a, good game, for a game like that. There's no one's going to lift the players and sort of inspire with that leadership than Sol Bamba, even from the bench. He's the perfect... That's when I think he'll get into the squad. Um, I think Hoylet plays uh, t- tomorrow, to be honest. He seems to do well when he's come back from international duty. He's another one of those players that really enjoys playing for his country. And sort of when he comes back, the first couple of games, he seems to just be outstanding because he scored a hat-trick last international break, didn't he? Yeah. And then came off the bench and put in a fantastic cross to... Equalise for us? Was it Equalise? Yeah, um, it was. What game was that? I'm trying to think now. I'm sure it was like a two-all draw against someone. Yeah, I can't remember. I guess the the worries with this one is the um, that it's a Friday night. If it was a Saturday and he'd come back, then then yeah, he probably would feature a lot more. But it's a long way, isn't it, to, um, for him to come back from international duty and then play on a Friday night? Yeah. I suppose so. But you never know, strange things happen. His fitness levels are ridiculous, so you just never know with him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess the thing with, um, back to Sol Bamba, is Aidan Flint and Sean Morrison have done okay this season. I mean, they, they, you, they've not been brilliant, but there's not been massive errors or, or anything you can overly criticise them of, although I'm still not sure about Aidan Flint's died here. Um but what maybe Bamba brings, like I said, is that that character, that inspiration, the spirit in the side, and and I guess that's what feels like has been missing a bit this season. This hasn't felt quite like the Cardiff that we know, and, and maybe that is a factor. It's that unpredictability in a good way. Of you're not sure if Bamba's going to launch it up top to try and hit the target man up top, 
or if he's just going to get bored and forget he's a central defender and go for a run. <laughs> um, that's sort of what we miss a bit there. When it become when it's Flint and Morrison, it's very samey of get the ball, get it up top. Whereas sometimes Bamber just likes to go on an adventure. Yeah, it does. And of course, we're, we've just passed, haven't we, the, um, I can say anniversary. It's uh, two years or three years is it, since he um, made his debut against Bristol City and scored that, that winning goal, which was just an incredible moment. It's out of love at first sight, didn't it? It was, it was that special moment that created that bond between him and the City faithful. The celebration, because you could tell it meant everything to him as it did the fans against Bristol. It was a great moment that, and sort of set the relationship on the right foot. It did, didn't it? And we've got to be approaching uh, sort of Bama Christmas song period. The, the advent calendars are back in. It's definitely time. I think it's when you see the Coca-Cola advert for the first time on the TV, then you can start singing the last Christmas Bamba song. I feel like that's too far away. I feel like I need it in my life now. Well, it's like, I'd say two weeks. Two weeks two and we'll weeks. get it. Yeah. Okay, I'll bring this back up in two weeks. And if it's I, not, if I haven't seen a Coca-Cola advert, you'll have to sing it to me. I'm not a problem. I'll do that. I'll, I'll get <laughs> tuned up. I'll do what I need to. And Perfect. I will sing you that song. Perfect. Well, Sheffield Wednesday, obviously they're the opponents. Kind of a surprise package this season. They've dropped off a little bit, but... You know, a really rocky summer. Obviously, Steve Bruce kind of screwed them over a bit and he's ended up at, at Newcastle. Started the season without a permanent manager. They've got um, what's it, Gary Monk in now, haven't they? But yeah. eighth in the table. Decent start to the season for them. Yeah, I don't think there are going to be any pushovers. They're, um, exper- there's a lot of experienced players in that squad. Um, some good players. I think Forrestier, he's back, isn't he? Yeah. After his um, racist... Um, ban for six games um, so yeah I think they're not going to be any pushovers, they're skillful they can get players, they've got players scoring out wide Fletcher is um, doing alright this season I think isn't he, you think he's got five or six goals this season Yeah. so um, yeah they're not going to be pushovers and we'll finally see Gary Hooper in Cardiff oh yeah do you think he'll sign the transfer de- sign for us this time or yeah I think it'd be good if Zahor was still here wasn't it and they could just reenact that photo in the changing room. <laughs> oh, nice. that is so funny. That's <laughs> Cardiff Twitter at its finest. You know, it's bad when even the club take the mick. Yeah, like the club had to have a pop and say, "No, it's not Gary Hooper." <laughs> and the other thing that I'm quite excited about it was one of my favourite moments in, in early on in the Premier League season was the uh, the battle of the Murphys. Jacob Murphy on loan at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, hoping that he'll feature I'm not sure if he's injured or anything but just to see the two twins up against each other again will be be brilliant I missed it last year um the Newcastle game was the first game of the season but my mate was getting married and I was his best man so um we did the first half he was getting married in St Fagans so we turned up for the first half in the wedding suits I remember you sat in front of me yeah so we were there suited up and then boggled off at half time so um, I think Murphy came on in the second half and we missed it. The yeah. only part we saw in the second half was waiting for the bride to come in and telling her to hold on because we were watching the penalty on someone's phone. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yes, yeah, so their last three games, uh, a 4-1 win away to Borough. 
a 1-0 loss away to Hull, and a 1-0 Wigan win at home. Pretty good wins. That that Borough win's a good one for them. Like I said, some dangerous players. We've mentioned Kadeem Harris. We've mentioned Murphy, Hooper Fletcher. They said they're not going to be pushovers, are they? But well, what's your score prediction, Ben, for this one? Uh, I fancy us do 2-0. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a clear-cut 2-0, but um, yeah, I just... Don't know. I, found, I, I like us at home at the moment. I think it'll go sort of a similar way to the QPR game. I sort of see them in that sort of pattern. It's sort of a team they'll cause us problems, but I think we'll have enough to overcome them. So I'm going to go for a two 0 win. Nice. Uh, I like that. I think it'll be a one 0 win. I think it'll be quite as as comfortable. But uh, I think I think Robert Glatzel's going to score. I've got a feeling. I think he might start on the bench, which we should have spoken about actually. Danny Ward, obviously. Grabbed the two goals uh, against West Brom. A lot of calls for him to start. Do you think Warnock will give him the nod? I think he has to. Um, not just for the great form that Danny Ward's shown, and he really has done well, but um, I think he runs the risk of running Glatzel into the ground and sort of killing the confidence that sort of came from those two goals. Yeah, um, I think break, now Getting yeah, him out of the firing line could do him well. Yeah, just let him give, give him those 20 minutes off the bench. And just sort of swap it around. Just let him. Don't put too much pressure on him because I think he's come in, and we are hoping that he'd start scoring straight away. And he's got two goals, and he's done well. He's not done a lot wrong, but I think more for his confidence and just managing him throughout the season. I think now's the time to sort of bring Danny Ward in when Danny Ward's looking hot. And Danny Ward will tire the defenders out as well, won't he? Because he won't stop running. So if Glatzel can come on for, well, I was going to say the last half hour, but it's very rare that Warnock makes a sub on. On sixty minutes, isn't it? Maybe the last twenty minutes. Yeah, if you got you don't want fifteen twenty minutes to go, you're not wanting some big, well, a BFG coming in and causing all sorts of problems, knocking you about, sort of running because he's quick. He is a quick player. He's not lightning yeah. fast, but he's quick enough to cause a central defender prop that's been run ragged by Danny Ward problems. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm going to go one nil. Glatz will win off the bench, uh, which will be lovely. And Tuesday then we're away to Millwall. Just a quick word on the away form. We've talked about it being inconsistent and uh, well, not even just inconsistent, just pretty pretty bad. Um, one of was speaking today, I don't know if you saw in the the press conference when he was asked about it, he he said that he doesn't think the side is doing too much differently away from home. It's just conceding sloppy goals a few mistakes that is costing us do you agree with that assessment and no no, no I, I think I think I think he's trying to do the classic Warnock thing of deflecting sort of the negativity and I can totally understand why but we are a totally different side away from home we look timid we just lack that bit of belief that we have at home um it's very it's too basic we're not set up to play against teams Teams set up differently away from home. We don't. We play the same sort of way, but sit in and up. But we play the similar sort of formation, but just sit in ourselves and hope to absorb the pressure, which doesn't work anymore. Um, we need to look at something different and trying to make it, trying to make stuff happen away from home because we just don't do it at the moment. And I don't normally disagree with Warnock in his press conferences, but I massively disagree with him there. Yeah, and and what did strike me when I read that was, well, if that's if he thinks we're not doing anything different away from home, maybe we should be. <laughs> maybe yeah. we should be, like I said, setting up different and, and stuff like that. And Millwall, like you said earlier, is is a tough place to go, isn't it? Um, no, I had the 
the greatest start to the season. But you know, Neil Harris has left as manager as well. There's a caretaker manager in charge now, uh, Adam Barrett. Um, it's, it could go either way, couldn't it? You know, yeah. Either they'll be at sixes and sevens because it's a bit of chaos, or they'll be fighting for their shirt for you know a new manager, whether it is is Barrett full time or whoever's going to come in. I think there's been been talks of uh, ex Cardiff man Gareth Ainsworth, who I think would be be a brilliant appointment for them actually. Um, but yeah, who knows how this one could go. Yeah, um, knowing our luck, they'd have just appointed a new manager. They'll get that new manager banks. Um, but their form's not been too bad since the over the last couple of games. Anyway, it's not been like massively impressive runs. But a two-one win against Leeds, yeah, that, true. They, uh, a decent draw away from home at Millwall. That they, they, they're on the turn. It's not going to be an easy game. The players are going to be confident. So um, hopefully they take a bit of a hammer in <laughs> Saturday to sort of pull them down. But um, no, it's not. It's another one that's not going to be easy for us. Yeah, they're playing Brentford away on Saturday. Who, you know, we all I think a, a lot of Championship fans expected a hell of a lot from Brentford this season, but they've not not set the world on fire yet. They're down in down in seventeenth on twelve points from eleven. So hopefully Saturday is the game that they they find their form and and then they play uh, Swansea on Tuesday, I believe. So two good wins there to to throw Cardiff's next opponents off would be would be lovely. They'd be doing us a huge favour, yeah. They would, wouldn't they? Ben, before I let you go, what's your score prediction for that Millwall game? Uh, I'll go one all. Um, I think it'll be a point away from home, and not a bad point to be honest. Looking at how things have gone, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think a point away from home, I think it's going to be a drab nil-nil draw. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it yeah. could be that sort of game. I think it all depends who they bring in. To be honest, um, there's a lot of talk of some exciting sort of managers, but I sort of. I get the feeling that they might go for the Gary Rowett approach. I think they'll think it's a bigger name than it actually is. Yeah. And I don't think it'll work. I just yeah. don't know. It just seems like the sort of club that Rowett will go to now. And I just don't think it'll work for him. Yeah, he's kind of turned into one of those, um, a bit like Mark Hughes in the Premier exactly. League. I was just... just about to say Mark Hughes, kind of the championship Mark Hughes. Yeah, just flutters around a bit, doesn't really do much, but keeps getting jobs because... You know, of, of one slightly promising spell that he had at was it Birmingham? He did he did fairly okay at or yeah, and as well. Burton he did well as well, didn't he? Yeah. So I think if we're on about Mark Hughes, let's take a second to congratulate Mark Bowen on being appointed oh. as the Reading manager and what a way to end the podcast. Literally giving himself the job. I just think he must have really interviewed well. I tell you what, he knew the que- but I think it's an unfair advantage. He knew the questions he was going to get asked. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It he's couldn't... he's coming. He's coming to work hungover. He was supposed to look at my, look at CVs the morning. It was absolutely hanging, hugging the bowl, spewing his ring up. The boss has come in. So who have you found? And he's just gone in a panic. Uh, me. And now <laughs> he's a championship manager. Well, do you know what? I was actually. Uh... Sat a couple of years ago, I was um, humble self brag. He had nominated for an award um, at the Football Supporters Federation uh, Awards, and I went with uh, my girlfriend, and we were sat on the table with um, two young lads from uh, the Leeds fanzine, the Square Ball, um, which is which is it was a really good fanzine, and then 
four or five directors of, of Reading Football Club. Uh, including... That's a really random table, that. <laughs> Isn't it? It was so random. Including, I think, is the chairman or, or director who would be, you know, uh, Mark Bowen's boss, Nigel Howe, who was just smashed, absolutely off his face, talking shit left, right and centre. Lovely, really funny guy. So it wouldn't surprise me if if they were both went out drunk and decided it'd be a good idea to just pick the name out of the hat of who would be manager and Matt Bowen had just put all his own names in it and got away with it. But he's gone in in a month as sporting director, got the manager sacked and given himself the job. I I mean, that's outstanding work. It is. That is um, Steve Keen-esque, isn't it, at Blackburn? Yeah. It It is absolutely incredible. (laughs) It reminds me of the talk at, I can't remember if it was Vincent Town or if it was someone else, of when when we fired a manager and there was like odds of Vincent Town making himself manager. If it wasn't oh, him, it, was after, it was after Mackay went, wasn't it? Um, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, Paddy so. Power sort of jumped on it. Yeah. It, but, scre- yeah. it screams more of when we employed the painter as our head of talent recruit, had head of scouts. Yeah, that's true. That's that sort true. of seems, it's absolutely phenomenal. My mate's a Reading fan and, um, I think if you see their Twitter, just them trying to sort of twist the words and make it seem like it's a really forward-thinking, positive yeah. appointment. And then you just see all like the ex-Wales players just ripping into it. Danny Gabdon on Twitter has been amazing with his likes and just his tweets about him. Yeah. He's just absolutely pulled his pants down and just proved that this is a ridiculous thing. Because everyone thought when Gomez got sacked... Uh, Mark Hughes is coming in yeah, here. Yeah, he's sparky, yeah. Bowen's his best mate. Bowen's um, got that we'll manager sack and got Mark got Mark Hughes another job, job for the boys. Oh no, Mark Bowen's done one better than that. He's given himself the job. <laughs> love it. Oh, Absolutely it's love it. amazing. It's shithousing at its finest. Although, what a way to end the podcast. Uh, Cardiff City podcast ending on Reading news, which is, which is lovely, but, you know, a big week ahead against that derby. Hopefully a win tomorrow against Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, we'll catch you next week where we preview the big derby. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Cheers, Ben. Cheers, mate. Tara.